figure that, okay, this is it. I like girls. I want to eat girls out. Like, this is a thing. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> she went there. <laughs> like, this is, like, I, I'm not, like, somebody was, like, oh, I'm going to make out with my friend and, like, that's enough. Like, no, like, I'm in it. Like, I'm, I'm going in. Like, this is what I want. And I'm, like, fully invested in it. And it's a part of who I am. And there's no uh, closing Pandora's box after yeah. that. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Eden. And I'm Jay. And welcome to Eden X Jay Unfiltered, the podcast where we have created a safe and sexy space to have unfiltered conversations. We might be the same sex, but we have different opinions. Ew. Hey. See, now I don't have to do the ew. You can just do that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. Well, thank you all for coming back and tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or on our podcast, mm-hmm. um, or on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. Um, thank you so much for joining us again this Thursday. We know we missed last Thursday. Please don't hate us. Um, it's been quite a whirlwind. Oh, but before I guess we get into logistics, I do have to remind you, if you haven't yet, please follow, please subscribe, please see all the things Eden Next Day and all our Eden Next Day Please world. leave us five stars. Those <laughs> reviews really help us. They do. They do. And we're really thankful for each and every single one of them. And it also gets us excited to keep coming back. Are the stars, are the comments, are the DMs, all the stuff that, you know, you tell us that you like and that you want to hear next. So It's wild. I feel like lately since yeah. we've been going out, people have actually complimented the podcast IRL yes. and they keep telling us how awesome it is and how much they've been learning along and, and yeah. all the topics that we've talked about they can relate so I don't know I feel like we got to continue this podcast the podcast is tiny but mighty like you all surprise us so much when we either see you at one of our events or we've traveled abroad and we've had people tell us I listen to your podcast yep. and I I love your podcast. I didn't realize how much trauma I had to unpack or how I was dealing with money. And I was just so mind blown and thankful because I'm all, oh, this is like kind of our our newest adventure, but it's doing pretty well. You guys are just our biggest inspiration. So thank you so much for listening or watching, just being supportive and in all of our, you know, Mm -hmm. EdenXJ things. So we really appreciate it and want to say thank you. I was gonna say, do we have a thank you button? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's okay. We've denied. already added too many buttons. <laughs> I feel so bad. You're denied. Denied. There is no thank you button. So, anyways, I'm hitting my own thank you button. Thank you. Gracias <laughs> for todos. Yeah. All the things. So we just came back from traveling, yes, which is why we were gone last which is week. Why we were gone? We. Do you want to tell them where we went? Yeah. So we went to Baby Cakes. Has never been to Australia. And I just so happened to have a ton of points yeah. on my Qantas account <laughs> that covered two economy round trip to Australia. So we did yeah. that. And I mean, if you're in Australia, Bali is just a three hour flight away. So why not? Oh, yeah. And we ended up going to Bali, which is amazing. It was just a little stone's throw away yeah. from, from Australia. I just want to just do this really quick derailment about Australia. <laughs> You guys, we almost didn't make it back to the United States. Like we are almost, we're not sitting here. So we got off the plane and we got to our hotel. Fast forward three days later. When we're getting ready to leave. To Bali. Like on the fourth or fifth day to Bali. We're packing up our stuff, getting ready, getting excited about Bali, envisioning ourselves in our pool with our like floating breakfast. degrees weather, (laughs) full sun. All the things. Like we are there in our minds. And then all of a sudden it came time to fill out our visas and we're like, where are the passports? 
Do you have the password? Do I have the password? Mm-hmm. We're at the passwords. Mm-hmm. And we've turned our hotel upside down, one way and up and up and down the other. And the passports are not there. The passports are gone. They are FBI missing. <laughs> like someone help us. And we became so desperate. Like, And I will commend us. Like, I think a lot of couples can see something like this and fight. Yeah, Or it's easy sure. to try to blame. Like, you had them last or who had them. We kept our cool, which I think we really had to practice our communication skills on vacation. Like, Yeah, I was on the verge of crying. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So we both didn't to, break, though. <laughs> yeah, I had to be super strong, keep it all inside until... I mean, if we couldn't find it, then at that point, I would have to unravel. But I had to keep it together until we figured it out. I think we didn't want to mentally accept that we were stranded in a different country with Mm -hmm. no passports. And we wouldn't be able to go to Bali having already paid for everything. We were just trying to not let our brains get there. And so we calmly were just like, okay, retrace our steps. Where was the last place that we saw them? Obviously, when we got off the plane... So then I called the Ubers one by one from... Genius, honestly. (laughs) Every Uber we've ever been in. And sure enough, the first Uber that we took from the airport had our passports. Mm -hmm. Three days later, decided to never call us and tell us that he (laughs) had them. And I was like, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Just please bring us back the passports. Like, just don't go full Gemini right now. And then he's like, yeah, I'll bring them maybe tomorrow in the morning, in the afternoon. Or maybe and, and Jane, next day. And behind me is like, I'll give you $100. Bring them right now. And he's like, I'm on my way. <laughs> yes, money talks. Money makes people move. And so I was like, well, $100 well spent. Like, it, it, we had our passports back in our hands. And we were able to go to Bali. We were able to get home, (laughs) leave the country. Because we were Googling, what do you do when your passport's missing? And it's just a scary position nobody ever wants to be in. You have to go to the consulate and you have to file all of these documents. And then they give you like a temporary passport. But it's only going home. (laughs) Like we can't travel with that temporary passport. And it takes like a week to do all of this. So we would have had to stay in Australia for like an extra week, skip Bali, yeah. and then come right back home. And Australia is the most expensive place to be stuck yes. in. I will say that. It is very expensive. We didn't realize how expensive it no. was until mm. we blew through our week's budget in like two days. If you try to travel on a budget, do not go to Australia. Like I think it's like top 12 most expensive country in the world. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. It's, like top 10, something like that. It's up there. It, it, it was it was those expensive. I was like, am I in LA? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but like on steroids, it was yeah. crazy. It was red. But I, we wouldn't even be able to afford. We would be there. We saw like relatively no homeless people in Australia. I feel like we would be there too. Oh, yeah. We would be there too, homeless people We'd in the streets. on the streets. <laughs> for sure. Because we couldn't afford like another seven days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Thank Ariana Grande and Jesus that it worked out and we got our passports and we got to Bali. But I really tested our relationship and we even did a post about it. And we we were honest on our social media and on Instagram. And we were saying like the expectations (laughs) for traveling to go perfect, please put that in a little ball, crumple it and throw it out the window because it's just unrealistic. Stuff will happen. If your life wasn't perfect before you were on vacation, it's not going to be perfect when you're on vacation. So lower that standard. Have realistic expectations. Have a plan for when you're going to deal with these like trials and understand that you're going to get them done faster together 
than apart. Like the only way we were able to figure that out so quickly is that we didn't break and we yeah. kept our cool and we kept working on it together. Also, magical word for couples traveling is pivot. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna pivot a million times, even though you think that you've got a game plan and itinerary, things go wrong left and right. So just being able to like pivot and just go with the flow versus against the the grain is super important. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're the queens of pivoting. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> At this point, yes. <laughs> we, we've had to pivot through the trip. We had to pivot um, coming back. Mm-hmm. And that's what really pushed. Ideally, we were supposed to record our last podcast as soon as we came back. Um, and when we were packing to come home, I got my cycle and one week early one no 10 days early early, a whole 10 days I was like there's no way there is no way in hell this is happening right now and it it just threw everything all of our plans out the window and what did you say pivot (laughs) pivot we're pivoting (laughs) we're pivoting like and I think that's what I love about us in our relationship and our dynamic and like what you see is what you get who we are on social media is who we are in real life. We genuinely love each other. We genuinely laugh with each other. We get along. We we are each other's best friends or we are each other's rocks. And we come first in all of these other endeavors. And I'm thankful for the people who are patient with us because life happens so quickly with us. And we weren't supposed to be starting IVF. Um, that was like a whole another two weeks that we were supposed to have, you know. And we had a plan. We had a plan. It was there was a plan. And we can't even plan 10 days ahead because we don't know what's going to happen. So we ended up having to drop everything and go into IVF mode, which anybody who's ever done IVF, that's literally what you have to do. You your whole life goes on hold and it is doctor's appointments, medication, doctor's doctor's appointments. appointments. (laughs) Yeah. X-rays, doctor's Mm -hmm. appointments, medication, all the things. And on, on top of that, like we have appointments on top of appointments because we got some like crazy medical news even before we left on the trip yeah um i ended up finding out that i have a cyst on my left ovary a cyst on my right ovary possible endometriosis and they found three tumors in my right breast and it was all at once right before we were getting on a plane (laughs) and they're like okay well as soon as you come back we need you to do all these x-rays we need you to come back in uh and we were like okay we're not going to worry until we have to. We're going to go on vacation and just deal with it when we come back. Well, it's just heavy news to, to like get right yeah. before vacation. And I really didn't want you to think about that while we were on, you know, yeah. on our first big vacation where we didn't have to do, you know, brand deals mm-hmm. and you know, social media yeah. nor- like we normally do. So it was really important to kind of get you off of that and not have you stress. Yeah about it because it's triggering like you know with especially with your mom and your history of like cancer it's scary it was so scary and I really love that you were the fun police because (laughs) you're just making sure that we just had fun and I I think remembering that you know life is going to be scary and things aren't going to go Mm. as they're planned but you can't let them stop you you can't let them stop you from having these amazing and fun moments and you kept the fun police going and you're like, we're going to have fun. We're this close to Bali. We're this close to Bali. We're this close. And you had been before and you had been to Australia. So it was really nice to see all the things that you talked about and you hyped about. Yeah. And I've been there before. So it was really nice to recreate memories with you yeah. on top of, you know, taking you to things that I had already done. Um, I think one of the questions that we kept getting asked in our DMs while we were in Bali is, is it safe? Is mm-hmm. it LGBTQ safe? Because as we know, 
like Bali, Indonesia doesn't has anti LGBTQ rights. So it was interesting because the first time that I went, I didn't feel any kind kind of way. Like I didn't feel discrimination. So when we went the second time, it I I feel like people in Bali are just super friendly and nice. And yeah. I didn't feel I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't feel any type of discrimination or homophobia if anything i felt it from australians <laughs> that were visiting there not so not ever from drunk frat boy australians yeah, to exactly. be clear not all australians <laughs> yeah and it was cool because they knew a lot of the tour guides knew we were together yeah and first of all they don't do pda in bali mm -hmm. at all whether you're straight or gay whatever flavor whatever color yeah. of the rainbow it doesn't matter like pda is just not a thing and mm -hmm. we respected that from the moment we landed made sure we were aware of the culture and respected, you know, their country. And outside of that, even when we did hold hands, when we, you know, were going somewhere, wanted to take a picture somewhere, nobody said anything. Everybody mm -hmm. was totally cool with it. They understood we were married yeah. and together. And it was just awesome. It was such a cool experience. And I mm -hmm. feel like more people should explore Bali or Indonesia because yeah. – it does have this stigma that it is anti-LGBTQ, and that might be the case for the country, but the people are super friendly, and there is no discrimination. I mean, the same can be said about the U.S., right? We know we can't go to the South. <laughs> oh, there are certain states that we <laughs> avoid because we know like anti-LGBTQ laws yeah. are pretty prevalent there, and— you know, and there are other parts within the U.S., like California, that is super liberal. So I think it's the same thing with, with Indonesia. Bali's very liberal. Right. I felt it was super liberal. I mean, the the way a country is ran and some of the rules, I don't necessarily think reflect the views of all people. Yeah. And, you know, what I really loved about our tour guide is that she really looked out for us. She would be, she would tell us, you know, here's a good place you guys can kiss. You guys can kiss here. Yeah. Or um, probably not here. <laughs> and we were like okay great like it was we weren't taking it personally we were yeah, like oh just we just can't be ourselves no we're going to be respectful of the place that we are in and remember that we are visitors in this space like we're a guest we you know are going to be on our best behavior and be respectful because the people at this point are being respectful to us if we were being disrespected I think it would be a very different story and a very different experience, mm -hmm. but we didn't. We felt like the people were very kind and very respectful. And the PDA thing, the not kissing, it, it went for gay or straight. And that was across the board. So I didn't, I wasn't taking it personally. Mm -hmm. um, even all the places where we could kiss, I felt like it was fine. And I felt relatively safe um, than anything. And I think people get this misconception because even places like we go to Oaxaca quite a bit, we're getting married in Oaxaca mm -hmm. or we're having our ceremony in Oaxaca where it's traditionally it's traditionally traditional it's very traditional and yeah. people can say like oh I can't believe you're getting married there or, I'm a gay I'm a gay couple and we were thinking about getting married in Oaxaca but we heard it's just so conservative there are certain places and that are that do have these traditional views but you'd be surprised about how inclusive the people are yeah. and how understanding the people are and that's not everyone and that's not everywhere and you got to watch your back everywhere you go and be smart and be respectful. But from our experience that we've we felt relatively safe. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a great experience. We ate amazing food. We met amazing people and the best memories for sure. Yeah. Love that. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. <laughs>
five out of five five out of five and you know we had this whole journey and we you know coming back and you know we were excited to be back and jump back in because simultaneously we're on tour we have preciosa there's a lot happening there's a right lot happening because uh, <laughs> we just like put out the tickets and we're like yeah new york and la is happening all at the same time and then obviously we just had everything put on pause because of ivf and you know we're almost there which i think is a blessing because you got it early and now you won't we won't have to deal with that you know next During month when we're on tour yeah. which i think would have been a little hectic yeah it's a little inconvenient right now but i'm trying to just keep it pivot Pivot, keep it going, Pivot. keep it pushing. Um, and, you know, just I'm doing my best. You know, I'm doing my best, Tom. <laughs> and that's all we can do. And in the midst of us leaving on this trip, we were constantly seeing this TikTok band yeah. on social media. Oof. And everyone was like, you're TikTokers. What are you going to do? What do you think? How do you feel? And we're just like watching it with the rest of the world, just being like, holy fuck, is, are they going to take it away? I think it's... <laughs> Total bullshit. I think it's just people wanting money. It's capitalism at the end of the day. Yeah, lobbying. Everybody has deep pockets in mm -hmm. Facebook and Meta, and they just want their piece of the pie at the end of the day. Yeah. Also, I think they're scared of all the knowledge that's being thrown around on TikTok. Because let's be real, I get my news from TikTok. Yeah. I don't turn on the TV. I don't watch news channels. I, like that is, I can find news so much quicker in the search bar mm -hmm. on TikTok than I can Googling something. TikTok is my Yelp. Yep. It is my review source. Yeah. It is my CNN. <laughs> it is everything. It is everything. And I understand the intimidation because now they don't control the narratives. Like yeah. the people control it. And it's, they're just trying to take it away. I also think like the search engine is so good, like mm -hmm. or an just analytics in general, where you're currently seeing even France. France is going through something right now too. There's mm -hmm. a full rioting, a, a revolution, a protest happening. And I feel like they don't want us to get ideas, you mm -hmm. know, from other countries. And they're scared of that. Because if we all rioted, it'd be over. Like, if we actually got up and, and that's the thing about Americans too. Like, no offense to anybody, but a lot of a lot of Americans are lazy. And instead of, like, doing something about it, they just sit back and watch it and complain later. It's, okay. like, easy to complain about something that you're not really fighting for. It's... It's not the unity. It's yes. not the land of the free and home of the brave. There are people, we can't even, women don't even have rights over their own That's bodies. What I'm saying. They're taking, we can't even go to a drag show in certain places. What freedom are we talking about here? And yeah. like, let's be honest, let's be unfiltered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not, it yeah. is what it is. And Jim Crow's come, like, Jim, they're trying to bring Jim Crow back. You don't even have the, the, the freaking decency to change the name. You're just gonna <laughs> really just be like, let's just dust the cobwebs off of this and bring this old yeah. law back. And like, what? what the fuck are we just like waiting for? You yeah, know what I, I mean? And it's it's crazy because like, it, it takes unity and it takes grit and it takes just doing the hard work and coming yeah. together. But so we're so divided yeah. as a nation. And I feel like that's our biggest weakness is because we are so divided and we're all about ourselves and, and, and we're selfish in this way that nobody is willing to step outside their comfort zone and come together to do what needs to be done to get the job done. Yeah, I agree. And these other countries like, France or Mexico or all these other like places that have rioted before, even in the Middle East, that will literally die for a cause to make change happen. You won't see that here. We saw it a little bit during the pandemic, but it's not. No, nobody's pushing to that caliber again because they think there's this fear. Like, what's the point? Because nothing is going to change, and that's what they want us to think. And I mean, at the end of the day, like we hold all the cards. It's just what are you willing to do with it? 
Yeah. And that's that's where we stand. And I know they're trying to take away TikTok. And I feel like if they take away TikTok, it'll just be something else. Well, I think that's stupid too, right? Facebook assumes that everybody's just going to jump from TikTok to Facebook. <laughs> I'm sorry, but unless you're over 60 years old or a racist or my tia or my, you know, my parents, nobody's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's, I don't know. I, I think no one's going to jump back. No one's going to uh, jump it's back. It's not it. It's the, if that's what the end game is, or if that's what they're hoping for, it, it's not going to happen. They're people are just going to move on or move to something else. You know, we're just all going to pivot as a <laughs> as a nation <laughs> uh, on social media. We're all going to pivot to a new app. But you know, we're we're taking everything like everybody else one day at a time. Yeah. Um, we would love to take this opportunity to say if you like what you're seeing and hearing on TikTok. Go follow our Instagram just in case something happens. But, you know, what we appreciate is providing other outlets for us to just have these open conversations. Hence, Le Podcast by The Podcast Place. That's why we're here. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we're, you know, we're trying to just keep our voices out there and as loud as we can in case they just start taking away all these things. So here we are being unfiltered in this space. And we know we're, we're, planning on keeping it here and hopefully nobody takes this away so many better not let anybody take this away from us <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said i know a lot of people are here and yeah. are excited to be back for a new episode of the podcast and since we've been gone we do do these um question this prompted question every thursday on our instagram stories where we let you guys ask us for advice because we love giving it uh, we got stories and lessons for days and one of the biggest topics that we kept getting was dating yeah so i think that's a great topic to talk about today dating the do's and don'ts about dating (laughs) dating queer dating bad um bad dates i think baby dates dates, dates, by dates lesbian lesbian dates dates. (laughs) so i would say um let's kick it off what has been your biggest challenge dating as a lesbian Oh, just one challenge? <laughs> uh, multiple things. One, I think the lesbian circle is very small, especially Ooh, in LA. Yeah. So it's very similar to the L Word episode where they have a chart and there's like one the main person, L-word, the original, not the new one. Not the new one. <laughs> but there's like a pie chart and there's a person in the middle and that person has dated, you know, Jane and Jane has dated Cindy, but Cindy has dated that original person. And it's like the spider web of constantly dating the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that I hated, like, when I was growing up. I yeah. hated, I don't know, double dipping or, like, knowing someone that… It's a little icky. Yeah, it's a little ick. It's, <laughs> yeah, so I think that was not fun. Mm-hmm. And along with lesbian dating comes clicks. There's oh. a lot of, especially in L.A. I mean, yeah. whether you're gay or straight, every people can be very clicky and L.A. Mm-hmm. can be very fake. And I think that translates when you're dating because mm-hmm. you might think someone's cool… Or, you know, a nice person over text and then you meet them and they're just like all about show or um, come come off cocky and um, very into themselves. Or, you know, maybe their group of friends can be a little clicky. The people who they are online aren't who they are in real life. Exactly. Interesting. I mean, that's a struggle getting catfished even as a lesbian. I've definitely (laughs) been catfished on on dates. (laughs) So those are mine. What are your uh, what are your experiences? Challenges as a bisexual. Yeah. I mean, um, other than um, biphobic lesbians. <laughs> which are everywhere. Which are everywhere. I, I'm sitting next to a recover. I'm married to a recovered. <laughs> Recovery. <laughs> Recovering. 
Um, biphobic lesbian over here. I'm, I'm very proud of you. Um, it, it's that. It's the the constant having to prove how gay enough you are or how bi enough you are or just constantly feeling like you don't belong in this space. Mm. You don't deserve to be in this like rainbow club, the alphabet mafia or whatever. Like You just, you know, you don't feel as welcomed and it's not yeah. as um, friendly. Uh, and I will acknowledge that it's not as friendly to by men more than it is to buy women for sure and there's a lot of fetishizing and it's it's a challenge it's a challenge especially when you are single as a bisexual and you're choosing to date openly different types of genders doesn't mean it's just a man or a woman it could be like anything on the spectrum um and the person who you're sitting across from when you're honest and you're just saying like oh like i'm, I'm just open to dating right now which the person who is also single is open to dating as well. But for whatever reason, you're open to dating is different than theirs. Mm -hmm. And they make you feel guilty or they make you feel bad for what you are and that you're just trying to live your life and be authentic to yourself. Yeah. Um, so that was always a challenge. And then I, I honestly feel like the stigma, the stigma was the hardest part to deal with, um, with people. Because even when you really wanted to try to build a connection with somebody, it it's hard when you're judged so much as soon as you like before you even walk into a room sometimes you don't even get the date they'll just talk to you for a while and then just drop off yeah and don't even give you the time of day um so it's feeling like that it's just feeling like you're not enough or you're not good enough or you're not gay enough and that was really hard yeah it was a really hard space to live in and i mean i'm thankful for it because it does give you a bit of a tough shell it does help you boost your com i mean i took it and i flipped it right i I started to think like, man, I'm not good enough. And then I started to think, you're not good enough. You're going <laughs> to miss out on something so amazing. And someone's going to be happy to have me as a wife. I mean, at the time, I, didn't <laughs> <laughs> I yes. was like, I'm never getting married. But, you know, it's fine if I'm single and I have a bunch of rabbits. It's cool, too. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I flipped it and my weakness made me stronger. But that's not for everyone. You know, yeah. that takes a lot of therapy and it takes a lot of help and I was like, okay. And I, a lot of confidence lot of because confidence. I can see, I don't know, some bisexuals that don't have that confidence, that could mm -hmm. tear you apart. Yeah. Like being rejected constantly by lesbians as yeah. you're trying to, you know, I mean, you are who you are. Yeah. But not being acknowledged mm -hmm. and ignored and dismissed because you're a bisexual. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a lot. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, it can be pretty judgy out there. It can be judgy in those streets. And mm -hmm. everyone feels like they, they can judge on everyone else, you know. And instead of just appreciating that somebody is being honest with you. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part in, like, dating. You know what else is another ick that you just triggered because you said <laughs> judging? Gold star lesbians. Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> I am not that. Maybe unpopular <laughs> opinion. But for you me… You can explain what okay. it is. So a gold star lesbian is a lesbian that's never slept with a man. And they boast about that a lot. Uh, it's almost like they're, like, if it was a pyramid, they're out in the top of the pyramid because they're, you know, they've never been with a the guy. They've never done anything with a guy. <laughs> Which, okay, fine. If, you know, you've never been with a guy, that's great. But when you boast about that and you run around and you're like, well, I'm a gold star. Like, I don't like dating anybody that isn't a gold star. Because that happens with lesbians, too. I believe it. Um, I don't I'm get it. definitely not a gold star. <laughs> but... I think but that's ridiculous. They do, they do, because I'm not technically. Mm -hmm. I'm like a bronze star. A bronze star. 
<laughs> some other metallic <laughs> jam. I don't know what I would be. I like. dabbled with one or two. That's about it. I'm what's, a bronze star. <laughs> what's that metal that turns your finger green? That's, That's you. Me. <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> a fake silver. A fake silver. The ster- not even the sterling. I don't even know what it is. Ooh, yeah. I got to look at the alchemy pie chart again. <laughs> That's annoying, you know? No, I mean. I, Judgment. It's. But you guys have this separation built within your own yes, system. Yes, it's so stupid. We don't have gold star bisexual. I don't <laughs> even know what that would look like. I don't know what that would mean. You just came out the womb knowing that you were purple. Yeah. I don't know. I get you were born purple. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. But I mean, we we all kind of have our our things, right? That we've had to figure out and navigate through our sexuality. And the thing that I, I also ick with the gold star lesbian because I just. I don't feel like there should ever be a space where you feel better than anyone else because of your sexual preference. Like there's yeah. nobody that should be higher. There's no gold star, you know? There's nobody giving out these gold stars. There's no ribbons. There's no <laughs> blue prize or anything, <laughs> you know? And so I think this, it, it's just so strange to divide up a community that's already divided. marginalized yeah. and divided and, and to just be so judgy on, on people. And, and it's, and it always comes down to your past, right? Yeah. Hung up on your past, who you've been with, how many people you've been with, who you slept with, all of these different things. Like people hold so much weight on them. Like they are worth gold in, in, a, re- like in a relationship or in a conversation. And I think that's like kind of a, an interesting topic. Like we talk about our past all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. Not, not all the time, but like, it, like if it comes up in conversation, it does, but our past has made us who we are. Yeah. And I think like if we had not have gone through these terrible growth situations of, of past dates and bad dates, yeah. you know, to get to a good date, we wouldn't be who we are today. And that's the thing. I, I'm totally, I'm proud of my background. I don't body count shame. I'm not yeah. that person. But I'm glad that I've gone through X amount of relationships because I knew, yeah. I now know what it should be and what I need in a relationship yeah. versus like, going on one date and like putting all my eggs in one basket and like calling it a like being a done deal you know what I mean yeah like I'm glad for the experience and I think everybody should date like mm-hmm. a ton until <laughs> you figure out what you like and what you don't like and until what you feel is right yeah you know what I mean there's no you, you don't have to I, there is a saying somebody told me you, you can't fit a circle piece into a square hole like if you're trying to force it, it's yeah. probably not meant to be. It's not it. And it's not it. And you got to keep it moving and keep it going. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. speaking of pieces, uh, don't fit and don't work. <laughs> I'm very curious. Like what was your worst date that you've ever been on? Oh, man. <laughs> Two on the spot? No, I'm trying to think. There's a lot. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. I think one of my worst dates was I... Went on a date with a girl, and she was super pushy from the beginning. Like, wanted to put her tongue down my throat in, like, the first 10 minutes of meeting. (laughs) And I think that's very off-putting. Yeah. Personally. I don't – A, I don't know you. I just met you. This should be super casual, and there should be no pressure. And I think those dates always gave me the ick because Mm -hmm. I just – Having someone that's like ready to rush into that, like me looking back on our first day and me jumping down your throat, I'm like, oh, but you did jumped I do down that? my throat ten hours into the day. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I, I was like, we did a lot in ten hours. Like we, yeah, it was like a really. Because I mean, I wasn't day. thinking about it. Yeah, but, but did I even, do it? No, exactly. I mean, we even went and watched a movie during yeah, our first date, we and did a we bunch didn't even of hold hands. Like it was. 
Oh yeah, we're both awkward. like super scared and nervous to hold hands. This we was just, us on our first date. Yeah, just like this at the movie theaters. <laughs> you can hands see that to ourselves. Our you can see that our YouTube. It's like our hands would not cross the line. Yeah, but like that's what I mean, you know. And like going on a date with someone that just wants to like you know get physical I mean, off the bat. You are super sexy and you are super Aww. swaggy, and it is the tattoo, Aww, so nice. I can't I can't blame her. That's but you know, nice. you fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, continue. Thank you. No, I think that's a bad date. Um, there was another date where someone had, and I mean, it's just, you know, preferences, but mm -hmm. I didn't like the way that they smelled, which oh. is, is something. You know, pheromones don't always match up. They mm -hmm. don't align, and that's that's normal. So I've been on a date where, you know, that wasn't going to fly, so I didn't continue with it. Mm -hmm. And then I think another bad date is being catfished. I literally went on a date with a girl. Oh, no. Yeah. She was like on her profile. She had long, pretty, curly hair <laughs> and she was super femme uh, and totally liked the profile picture. Showed up to a date and she was fully short hair. Ooh. Like maybe that picture was taken five years before, yeah. you know, that when we met. And so it was pretty obvious that she was a catfish. Oh, no. So that I immediately friend zoned her as soon as she, you know, we sat down. And she was still trying to, like, you know, pursue. But I cut that real yeah. short. Um, so I think things like that, you know, mm -hmm. like catfish is the worst. Like, just <laughs> send me a picture, like, of what you look like now. You don't need to be, like, five years ago or, like, your hottest. But, like, let's mm -hmm. be honest about that. Yeah. But, I mean, your type was femme. You know, I mean, it still is femme. I mean, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I, think so. I think it was mostly femme, mm -hmm. but I went on a couple of dates with a couple of trans men too. Yeah. Like, I don't think I, I think I'm pretty fluid as well, like yeah. to a sense, you know? Um, yes, I think fe femmes are always going to make my head mm -hmm. turn. I love femininity. I love women in general, but I'm also fluid. Like I, yeah. like I said, I've gone on a couple of dates with some trans men that I was like, this is, this is fun. Like yeah. they were attractive. They were, yeah. You know, they had confidence. All the things that I wanted mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I love that. Yeah. What about you? Tell me some of your bad date. I would say I was probably a bad date for some people. And then other people were probably a bad date for me. And it was kind of just this mixture for a little while. And I can't say like 100% like I was a perfect date because I there, I think there was a date where I was over an hour late to that date and they still wanted a second date with me. And I'm like, why? Interesting. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's a pattern. <laughs> it was a pattern. It was. not You're me being late to your date. She, just to recap. No. <laughs> she was 45 minutes late. Four, five to our first date. Okay, so first To of a restaurant <laughs> that did not allow you to sit at the bar and wait. You had to wait outside until your I full party was there. So I had to hang out on the curb for 45 minutes like a bum. Oh my god. Waiting for you. Okay, first of all, you And now you're saying that you also did it to someone else. Your date, I was very upset that I was late and it wasn't my fault. It was the rabbit. No, no, the bunny no. sitter was late, therefore I was late. And you picked the restaurant on the other side of town and neither of us lived on the west side and nor here nor there. But I didn't mean to be late for uh -huh. your date. And you meant to be late on the stage? I mean, I didn't care to be on time. Interesting. But I, but I think the thing that was really shitty about it, and like I'll, I'll own it, you know what I mean? I, I was, I think, an hour and 15 minutes late for the date. Ugh. And then I only stayed 
20 minutes for the date because then it was my friend's birthday and then i was like okay I'm gonna oh go my, my god party. i'm so sorry i gotta go this person probably has ptsd from like that one date obviously not enough because they wanted a second date wow yes i was like dude i need to cut you off of this red flag that i am right now because clearly <laughs> i should not be dating because i'm not serious enough about it and i felt really really bad and that's why i was Poor like guy. i am not good for you, for nobody. Like, I need to just stop. I need to take a break. I need to figure my shit out. Um, so, I mean, to flip it back on me, like, I have been bad dates as well as been on bad dates. So mm -hmm. I feel like it all just kind of evens itself out and comes mm -hmm. full circle. And now I'm there. Thank you. Aww. <laughs> Where's my aw button? Aww. Aww. And speaking of, like, obviously worst dates and red flags, what would you say is a red flag while dating? Uh, authenticity not being authentic or like yeah a lot of white lies and not being authentic about oh. who you are i think is a red flag um have you ever lied i have i have lied on a first <laughs> i was like day. speaking of i so have you're saying you were a red i'm flag. saying i'm a red flag <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think what else red flag um not defining what this what they're looking for oh, yeah. is a red flag huge and i think that's like something that people don't like talking about especially when they're casually dating mm -hmm. it's important to tell that person yo i'm only looking for hookups and i don't want anything serious or mm -hmm. i'm looking for a long-term relationship because those two things are very different mm -hmm. and if the, the person on the other end doesn't understand that that can cause a lot of conflict mm -hmm. and resentment honestly so just people not being honest about what they're looking for is huge yeah. for me uh, the people I think who you have to really look out for are the people trying to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, that part. Right? It's the, oh, I'm not looking for anything serious. I just want to be your friend. But they're super flirty. Yeah. Or the conversations are really flirty. Um, but they're, quote unquote, your friend. Uh, it's it's a very toxic cycle. And yeah. I think that's a really big red flag. Yeah. And I think another red flag is someone who is constantly putting you down. Or, Ooh. you know, because I've, I've had that too where I've dated someone and they were mm -hmm. super judgmental mm -hmm. or like they would throw little jabs here and there or say things that weren't really the nicest and just being able to pick up on that because that that relationship went on longer than I it yeah. should have honestly um and I think that's important too just like realizing when someone's being mean and mm -hmm. super judgmental and not the best like that is them not you know what supportive. I mean not being supportive yeah and dismissing it I think it's really hard for people to understand boundaries too sometimes um, and seeing those red flags. Yeah. I think when you're in a string of bad relationships, it's really hard to see what a good one is mm -hmm. um, when it's there. And sometimes when you do get a good relationship, which we struggled with this a little bit because we had, we had never had a relationship like ours before ever. So when you have something good, our first reaction is to try to sabotage it. Oh it's, yeah, there was a lot of sabotaging early on in our relationship. Like I tried to get you to break up with me and you tried to get me to break up with you. And we were just, we were scared. We were scared because this was real and this was kind and this was gentle and it was everything that we ever wanted it to be, but we felt like we didn't deserve it. And yeah. we felt like we weren't ready. Um, and I think some of those things were true at the time where, we we were deserving of a love like this, but it was going to take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I think we knew that. 
and it was a choice it's like are we willing to put in the work and give this a full yeah. shot or are we going to back out and do what's easy and repeat old patterns when i i think when you're in toxic relationships you tend to learn a lot of bad habits mm-hmm. um so when you're not and so like when you're raised or even when you're in relationships where it's chaotic yeah and the current relationship is healthy they tend to be not chaotic like the complete opposite right they tend to be super <laughs> calm there's very little chaos you can talk about things like safe space is mm-hmm. created and i think sometimes i would go crazy like in our relationship early yeah. on i was so used to the chaos that yeah. it was really hard to just be okay with calmness yeah because i was you know that's just what what i was used to and i think that takes a lot of unlearning and realizing calm is good yeah. Like, it's okay to not have chaos. I mean, but you, you've not only had chaos from dating, but you had chaos in your whole life. You had chaos growing yeah. up. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I think you were the, you've been the only relationship mm-hmm. where I've had to unlearn that chaos. Yeah. Not having chaos is okay, mm-hmm. you know, and catching myself wanting to create chaos because yeah. <laughs> it's what I'm used to. Yeah, I used to, my mom used to scream and yell a lot. Um, and I used to scream and yell a lot Mm. to get my point across and it wasn't a healthy way to communicate Mm -hmm. at all. And I'm not proud of it. And I was, I thought that was the only way that you could talk to somebody in a relationship. Like I have to fight with you. Like if we're not fighting, then we're not communicating and we're not communicating then Like it's not, it's not a relationship. You know what I mean? I never been in a relationship where I wasn't fighting with somebody. Um, and just to get your point across and, I remember when I was in a relationship with you, I was like, okay, like you you can't be that. You can't do that. Like there is another way to, to, to communicate mm-hmm. and you have to try to be calm. And I remember it was a struggle because I would have to try to like uh, like tame that inside fight in and I would like shake yeah. when we would like have a conversation. You're like, why are you shaking? And I'm just like, I'm trying to hold it in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it in. And then you would try to like, you're like, why are you fighting with me? Like, why you would try to like get a row out of me to like fight back, yeah. and it was this struggle and this battle that we really pushed ourselves to try to be better. Um, and it, and even now when we're like stranded in a different country <laughs> and like the anxiety and the fear and the it's through the roof, it's through the roof, and you just want to be mad, you want to yell at someone and like blame someone to just because now we're like everything is out the window and. All of those things that we have like built up and learned, like our natural instinct is to like argue, right? And fight yeah. and to look for somebody to blame. But I'm so proud of us that we didn't. Yeah. Like we kept our cool. Nobody was like, it was your fault. You lost them. Like, no, at the end of the day, they're gone. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we need to get them back. And we kept our eye on the prize. And it's like, because we didn't allow ourselves to get there, we solved the problem clear headed and quickly. Like, had we had fought and sat there for God knows how long, we probably never would have found them. We probably never would have thought, let me find the Uber, da-da-da. But because we sat there and we're like, okay, let's figure this out Mm -hmm. together. We we solved the problem. And I think that was such a big testament to how far we've come from the people who were trying to end this and sabotage this (laughs) because it was too good to be true. Oh, the old me would have flipped that entire room upside down, called the maids, (laughs) caused the whole scene. Right? It's someone's fault. But at the same time, you just have to accept it. It can be no one's fault. It is just a problem that needs to be solved. And at the end of the day, we started this together. We need to finish it together. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not getting on a plane without you and you're not getting on a plane without yeah. me. I agree. Look at us. Where's our clap? <laughs> Do you have a clap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus, at this point. Two hours later. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> sorry to our listeners. Who are I'm still trying. So I'm still trying. So we're gonna, sorry. We're going to get there. But on this note, advice for baby gays. Because I think there's a lot Ooh. of people that are coming out late in life. Yeah. Um, or there are, you know, baby gays that yeah. are new to the dating scene. Uh, I was. Uh, I didn't come out as a baby gay. That's more your space. Yeah. Uh, I came out later in life. I came out in my uh, mid twenties, and I think maybe I kind of always knew, but because I grew up in a small town, I never let myself explore that area. Um, my parents didn't talk to me about other sexualities. Like gay wasn't ever mm-hmm. a discussion, and and I hate. I, I do hate that. I, I hate that my town and everybody was so close-minded around me that I wasn't able to explore that mm-hmm. sooner until I came to Los Angeles. Or the they have city ever. gay spaces and all those things. Yeah. Um, but I did come out later and I will say I came out in a couple of different steps, right? So I came out to myself. Once I figured that, okay, this is it, I like girls i want to eat girls out like this is a thing oh my god like, <laughs> she went there like this is like I, i'm not like somebody was like oh, i'm gonna make out with my friend and like that's enough like no like i'm in it like i'm i'm going in like this is what i want and i'm like fully invested in it and it's a part of who i am and there's no uh, closing pandora's box after yeah. that <laughs> pandora's box anyway yeah. <laughs> This sorry, this podcast just became X-rated real fast. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Uh, So, oh my god, I'm blushing again. (laughs) So, I mean, I came out to myself, and I talked to my at the time I was in college, my college therapist. We kind of worked through this. He's like, "Okay, this is who you are now. This is great," and I'm like, "That's it." Like, I don't get a medal, a star, a, a ribbon, gold star. And a thing. And then he's like, no, that's it. Like, you just go on about your life and, like, you figure out what you want to do next with it now that you have this information. And I was like, cool. And then the next step I did was, like, I it came out to my friends. Yeah. Um, my closest friends and maybe, like, one family member who I knew was probably going to be accepting. I came out to my safe zone. Um, and then the third step for me was coming out to my parents yeah. and coming out to people who I thought were harder to come out to and before I did that I kind of had this like prep speech for if it were to go either way if they were going to be supportive I had this like great yay like you came through for me as a parent and it's amazing and I love you and like all those things and then I had this backup speech where if they didn't come out the way that I I wanted them to it was immediately start throwing receipts in their face. And I was like, I'm an amazing <laughs> daughter. I graduated with honors. I like never went to jail. I was never in trouble. Like you were the easiest kid. I slept as a baby. Like all of these things. Like you have no reason to judge me for this one thing. And I'm an amazing kid and you're going to miss out on an, on a life and it's going to suck to be you and all those things. Like I was ready. Type A Gemini. I love like, it. For either option, you know. And what was sad It was that... <laughs> I when I came out to my dad and he's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I read the wrong speech. I read the, the speech where he disowned me and I just started listing all the things that made me amazing. And he's like, duh, like I know. Now you're just bi and that's fine. And I was like, but I, but I'm this and I'm that and I'm that and I'm that. Like I just I had so much anxiety. I read the wrong. Aww. It went plan B when it was supposed to be plan A, but it was fine. It worked out. But 
I did go to my friends and we did have a plan like, okay, if my parents don't accept me, I'm probably going to come and like cry it out. Just please have a shot of tequila ready and like we'll get through this. And they were like, great. So it was having a plan. Um, and that was kind of my coming out later in life because that I was older. I had my own apartment. I didn't rely on anyone. I didn't need anyone. So it was it was more of an emotional safety net that I needed mm -hmm. versus like a financial or like a, a living situation where I was living with my parents. I needed to tell them. Um, so coming out later in life, you do kind of have those benefits mm -hmm. versus unfortunately, I know that you came out as baby gay mm -hmm. and it was a very different story for you. For those that don't know, a baby gay is someone that comes out before they're like 18. <laughs> and I came out when I was 16, um, not, not because I wanted to, but because I was outed out. And that mm -hmm. happens to a lot of baby gays. Um, they're not ready, but, you know, a family member or someone rats them out and then it's like a whole thing. And I grew up in a Catholic family um, and I don't want to get into like the craziness, but I definitely <laughs> got sent away for being gay um, and being a minor. It was really hard for me to, to venture off and not have dependence on my parents, yeah. you know, um, and that's a whole other story. But I think whether you're an older, you know, you come out older in life or you're a baby gay there is advice that I wish I had, even as a baby gay, um, dating. And one is just being yourself. And I know that that's like so cliche and everybody talks about that, but it's so important to not want to change yourself for someone else that you're dating. Yeah. And I think it happens more than we talk about it yeah. and more than we, re we realize. Yeah. Um, I think another um, advice that I would have is to I mean, I brought it up earlier, but just understanding what you're looking for, right? Even as a baby gay, like I should have known that I was looking <laughs> for the experience and not like a long time romance because who like I understand there are high school sweethearts out there and I'm not disrespecting them. <laughs> but at 16, I do not know what love is. And I think that I <laughs> fell in love often or I thought I was in love because you I didn't know potential. yeah exactly yeah. Or, or I missed it I mistook lust with love mm. and that happened a lot as like a young kid because yeah. I didn't have the example I come from a broken home but also I was looking for that you know mm -hmm. that void um and realizing that at 16 like you're you should be dating you know 16 mm -hmm. to 21 I think you should be dating a lot of people your first crush I think in general is always so intense but your first crush with a woman is just intense yeah. on fire yeah that it, part it's always intense and the emotions are intense and the feelings are intense and anyone will tell you like their first woman crush is confusing because there's there's lust and you're right there's love and all the lines kind of blur the mm -hmm. red flags go out the window the toxicity you know the relationship goes way longer beyond the expiration date totally and, and it's because it's your first yeah and a lot of that gets confusing. Um, yeah. And as an adult, like thankfully you're kind of able to nav able to navigate through it. But as a baby gay, good luck. Because <laughs> you haven't developed those skills yet no. in the, that life experience. Yeah. My first my first girlfriend, like real relationship. You got a tattoo. I got a tattoo. I knew it. <laughs> and and <laughs> she's right. And she was the worst. Like she was two years older than me. Yeah. So she was 18. And she was a druggie and she was shitty, like just a shitty person. And I still got a tattoo like in remembrance of her. <laughs> oh Obviously, God. thank God it wasn't like a name or anything, but yeah. it's just it was so. If you're wondering why she has her whole back blasted. It's because of a cover up. 
Not really, but, but I did like get this little. Let me tell you how emo. Let me tell. Let me tell you how emo I was when I was sixteen. Okay, I dated this girl for like a year and a half. I thought she was the love of my life. She was the worst. She cheated on me with anybody that she could get her hands on. She was a druggie. She didn't do anything with her life, and she was also an alcoholic. So it was just like the worst of the worst of the worst. Damn, like they said, pick someone, and I said all the struggles. <laughs> But the point is, so when I found out that she was cheating on me, Again. I was obviously heartbroken. Yeah, and I was so stupid. And I ended up getting a tattoo that said, I'd rather believe your lies and be happy for a moment than know the truth and be miserable all the time. As a 16-year-old, <laughs> that tells you anything about so what kind of emo, emo baby gay I was. <laughs> very, very emo. Yes, yeah, very, very emo. Yeah. But I think that goes back to the advice. Like, don't be me. Don't get the tattoo. Don't get the tattoo. Don't be emo. <laughs> if you're a baby gay, like... It's not that serious. Yeah, it's not that serious. You will get your heart broken. It's part of life. But there will be, you know, something yeah. beautiful at the end of that. Aw. Yeah. And you will get the name of a tattoo of a person that you're meant to be with. Cha-ching! <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm just joking. And on the topic of queer dating, Eden and I are actually throwing an event called Queer Friending. Mm-hmm. It's a mixer. Yay. We actually did one a couple months back yeah. and the response was insane. It was so fun. I think 65 people showed up and Eden and I did prompt questions. We did icebreakers and it's in the daytime. So it's not a preciosa yeah. event. It's not a nighttime thing. It's not a club. It's not a club. <laughs> um, and we do have alcohol available, but we tend to push um, mocktails and yeah. it's more of just like chill having safe space to hang out with other queer people and like-minded people that want to make real connections yeah and i'm not saying you're yeah. gonna meet the love of your life but there, oh, maybe you or will. maybe you will maybe you will but <laughs> you will meet a lot of cool people because yeah. the last one was amazing i mean we ended up hanging out with all they ended up coming to preciosa night yeah they're still friends to this day yeah they're like all in new group chats they are all gonna be lifelong friends and i was like oh we did that we did that thing that's so cool yeah and we kept getting dms of people asking us to do a singles thing yes. and there's a lot of singles that follow us mm-hmm. and want to find their person and really are looking for that positive healthy relationship yeah so this time around we're having a singles hour yeah it's a singles mingle hour yep. it's gonna be before the friends mixing mixing event which is really cool because we have the singles you can come in you mingle maybe grab a couple of drinks pre-hand meet each other and then you still like have another two and a half hours to either keep getting to know each other or at least just figure out that you guys are better off as friends which so is awesome. it's a lot of no pressure it's a lot of fun we have a lot of prompted questions to help break the ice and get to know each other on a deeper level which that's what we're here for. We thought about this so much that the event, our last event, I made custom cards. Yeah. Custom prompt I questions. That. I did so much research. I didn't want any cheesy ones. And yeah. I wanted them to be real in-depth conversation mm-hmm. starters. And this time around, I think we're going to do um, like cat, like topic tables, mm-hmm. meaning that there will be a table of a group of six where it's just travel questions. So if you love to travel and you just want to find other people that love to travel, there's you'll travel find section. out in that section. Then there's another table that's going to be for foodies. Yeah. People that love to eat <laughs> and love to go out and, you know, explore different. We definitely learned a lot from our last event and we're taking all the notes that we learned. Yeah. And we just want to make it better and make it more efficient for everybody. And hopefully it'll just be more fun. So that's going to be on April 15th. Yeah, April 15th in Long Beach at Rock Sands. Yeah. Tickets are on sale now. Mm-hmm. If you go to our link in bio, you'll grab one. 
uh, super easy and we have a very limited amount. So grab one. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be so much fun. All right. Yeah. Well, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in with us again on Thursday. And I'm you know, so sorry we were late from the last one, but we're excited to be here. We're excited to be back. Go follow us on everything before they ban everything <laughs> um, at EdenXJ while we're still there. Yeah. Um, and we want to hear about your bad dates. Send, yes. us, send us some DMs. Send us your message. Like, let us know about your bad dates. You can also send us an email at EdenXJ at gmail.com. And let us know your stories. We'd love to like read them out. And then if you need any advice too, we'll see you on Thursdays for advice on our Instagram stories. Or again, send us an email and we'd love to help you out. So, All right. Bye. bye.